USC, a big winner over Notre Dame, but man, are they far from the only fan base in the Pac-12 feeling good on a Monday. Let's go. Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pack 12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making it your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with our beloved Conference of Champions. Please continue to like, comment, subscribe wherever you listen to or watch this show. We got a banner now. If you can see that on uh, on YouTube here, background, arrived just in time for what was a fantastic weekend of college football across the board in the Pac-12 was indeed at the forefront of so many great big games. Let's start with the Trojans. Now, there is a case technically, just by like the rules that I've laid out, technicality, but I'm going to add a little bit of of nuance here, that USC could be in the no opinion category this week because I expected them to beat Notre Dame. I expected it to not be particularly tight, and it wasn't. However, what USC has done is nothing short of of remarkable. I know a lot of Pac-12 fans don't like hearing that, but you just can't put it any other way with even a shred of intellectual honesty, which is what I strive for here on the show, amongst other things. Caleb Williams, in my opinion, is the Heisman Trophy winner. I don't know what else you need to see. That guy is... I said weeks ago on the show, I have a concern about USC. They feel a little Caleb Williams dependent. Yeah, they they are. They require him to do the spectacular, but he keeps doing it over and over and over again. He's ridiculous. The best play he made in that game against Notre Dame was an incompletion. He spun away from like four different sacks. He rolls out to his right. He throws a laser on the move, and Austin Jones throws up two bricks to try and catch it as he put it right on his hands. I mean, it was was ridiculous. Okay, The guy is simply ridiculous. And USC is 11-1. And yeah, Lincoln Riley's got a lot to do with it, but that man, Caleb Williams, that's the best college football player I have seen since, like, Johnny Manziel, probably throw Mariota in there, Cam Newton. He's having one of those sorts of seasons. All those guys had Heisman trophies, and Caleb should as well. In what universe is C.J. Stroud a better player at the college level right now? Might project better as a pro, might not. That's a different conversation. In what world is there a college football player that you watch week in and week out and do more for his team without turning the ball over, than Caleb Williams. The answer is no one. USC, big winner this week. 11-1. They get a rematch with Utah on Friday, which is not the worst thing. I think Trojan fans maybe were wanting to play Oregon so they could say, hey, we you know narrowly lost to Utah, beat UCLA, and beat Oregon. That's a good playoff resume. I think Utah is a good team. And there is something to be said, much like one of the two Pac-12 teams to get in the college football playoff, Oregon in 2014-15 lost to a good Arizona team, played him in the Pac-12 championship game, beat him handily, and that resume was enough to get him in. I think that's a formula for success for USC, though the Utes are not going to roll over. Remember the Utes? 
They were my preseason pick to win the Pac-12. We'll see if I still feel that way going into Friday. But uh, remember when they lost some games? A lot of you might have sold their stock. You know who didn't? I'm just going to throw my hand up in the air because it was me. I didn't sell my Ute stock. I still think that's a good football team. I've said that the whole time. I thought it after the loss to Oregon, too. And here they are. Second year in a row in the Pac-12 championship game. You thank Oregon State for the assist? 100%. But Utah, big winner here on a Monday. Because they're in. They are in, and they've got a chance to go back to the Rose Bowl. And how? Here's a great storyline for Utah. If you beat USC on a neutral site this time, where USC fans felt, well, if it had been neutral site or in L.A., then uh, then USC would have won that game. And if you're a Utes fan, you're saying, well, what if we beat them again? We're 10-3 and three again, just like they were last year, by the way. Be 10-3 and three again, go to the Rose Bowl. Who would they play in the Rose Bowl? Hmm. Wait, could Ohio State be there? Maybe. Maybe, but beating USC also might open up the door for one loss Ohio State team to get in the playoff. Just a thought I had. Crossed my mind. Thought I might share. Utah, big winner. How about Oregon State? Okay. When you played NCAA 14, which I promise you, however much you've played, I've played more. When you play a great game, you get those notifications that say, congratulations, you just played in an instant classic ESPN game rank for the Beavers in terms of this matchup, formerly known as the Civil War all time. At least since the turn of the century, that's number one. That has to be number one. And this was a big win that felt like more than just one win for Oregon State. Here's why. You're playing a team that, for all intents and purposes, has kind of bullied you for the last 10, 15 years. It's been a one-sided rivalry in terms of wins and losses. And Oregon State doesn't like them. Doesn't like them at all. In fact, that H word I won't mention is how most of them feel. And they were on your home field, up big, feeling good. And Jonathan Smith, in year five, a guy who just kind of quietly goes about his business, just wins more games than the year before, just wins more, wins more, wins more, will not have a chance in a bowl game to accomplish something rarely seen at Oregon State, and that's winning 10 games in a season. In that game in which they trailed by 21, Jonathan Smith put on a coaching clinic. He and his staff outdid the first-year head coach on the other side, who I still think is a good football coach, but he was outworked from the end of the third quarter to the fourth. He and his staff, which are younger and less experienced, Jonathan Smith and company beat him. But most importantly for Oregon State was not how often they ran the football that their defense, again, came up with stops when they needed to. It was the fact that in year five, when you're doing that sort of slow build that Jonathan Smith has done, you would hope that there is a culture of belief and resiliency inside that locker room. And you can't do what Oregon State just did, which was a miraculous comeback in front of their home fans if you don't have belief and buy-in and a well-coached football team. You've got all those things if you're Oregon State. That much is clear. They didn't just overcome a big deficit. And 
you looked at that sideline, and at times it looked like, ah, oh, man, it kind of feels like they're out of it. And like, uh, not a not a lot going for them right now. And oh yeah, then they had to overcome. Look, I'm not surprised anymore at what Pac-12 officials do all the time. John Canzano put it well. Keep questioning this stuff. Keep getting mad about it and lobbying the conference until something changes. Because this crap is so bad all the time. That felt like the turning point in the game. Beaver fans, I know, personally, were feeling defeated. Man, that was it. That was our chance. That was the moment. And it kind of felt that way watching the game. You're like, that's a huge swing. Ducks capitalized, made, made some plays, but capitalized on an error from the officials. And Oregon State overcame that. They overcame that. They overcame a big deficit. They overcame three turnovers. They overcame not being able to throw the football. They were down 21 points late in the third quarter, and they won the football game. That was easily one of the biggest games at Research Stadium in terms of the outcome, the importance, and the opponent since I've been alive. Heck of a coaching job by Jonathan Smith and company. They were they were just more physical, and they never quit. They believe in their head coach. Their head coach believed in them. And even when they had a deck stacked against them in so many ways, they found a way to pull an upset. One heck of a football game. Plenty of other teams get the winner's label here on a Monday edition of Locked On Pac-12. I'll tell you who, including the Arizona Wildcats, by the way, after I tell you all about upside. Inflation has us all thinking about different ways to cut back, whether it's driving less, dining out less, or buying less from the grocery store. We can all agree there's nothing fun about less, like having less points than your opponent. Yeah, nobody's really into that. Uh, Teams that score fewer points than their opponent, in fact, have a 0% win percentage all time. I looked it up. To get started using the free Upside app, you want to use the promo code LOCKED and get $5 more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside, check in at the store, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. That simple. Helps fight inflation, which is hurting us all right now. Download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code Locked. This episode also brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain, kind of like that win percentage of teams that outscore their opponents, that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Go in there, post your job for free. Add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word and let LinkedIn Jobs help you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster and for free. Post your job for free at LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college linkedin dot com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply there's so many storylines from the weekend can't get to all of it here on the show <laughs> i mean really don't have enough time which is why you should like and subscribe to keep up with all of the stuff because kenny dillingham is arizona state's head coach Dion sanders i believe has gotten an offer to be Colorado's head coach. Stanford is looking for a new football coach after David Shaw stepped down. Just so many things are happening. So, so many. Um, Arizona ended the year five and seven. Has there ever been 
been whatever a better vibe around a team that goes five and seven than Arizona. Remember when Jed Fish took that job over, they had lost twelve. That's a dozen consecutive games. They lost his first eight. They had a 20-game losing skid. 20. Flash a 10. All 10 fingers, flash it again. They lost that many in a row. And that same head coach, I was talking about belief with Jonathan Smith at Oregon State. How about the Arizona Wildcats? I thought they'd win three, maybe four games this year. I thought they were an easy over-under pick which I'll get to to wrap up the show today because we've got our regular season in. And I did uh, not so well with the Huskies, of course, but everywhere else, eh, not bad. Checking on that later. But Arizona goes 5-7. and 5-7. Seven. Five and seven. Beats San Diego State. That for a little bit eh, didn't look like a great win. Now you look up, wait a minute, San Diego State's well over 500 in the Mountain West, and that's a team you probably lose to a year ago. And not only... Do they end the year five and seven? They pulled a big upset that let the rest of the Pac-12 know, hey, you're not going to be able to walk over us in the coming years. You're just not. Are they ever going to be a consistent conference contender? No, but they've been to a conference championship game. Three programs have not been to the Pac-12 championship game before. Arizona's not one of them. They've been once, and it feels like Jed Fish is doing a, a, a really remarkable job. It doesn't, I'm sorry, it feels that way because it is that way. That is the fact of the matter. Really, really good stuff for Arizona. And then you beat your rival in front of a good crowd. And that's how you end the season. It's nothing but a positive trajectory for Arizona football. Coming into this year, I felt like Arizona State was going down. I felt like Arizona was trending up. And that remained true. Oh, and then Arizona State, I initially, after they lost to Arizona, had them in the lean-lose department. I didn't think they would win the game. I thought Arizona would cover. They did not. Um, I'm going to completely reassess in the offseason how I do my Pac-12 prime picks. Uh, If you faded me all year, you're up on this season. So tough first season for me in that perspective. But much like all these coaches, we'll put in the work. We'll watch film, we'll study, we'll get better, we'll come back stronger next season. Uh, though bowl season's still there, so maybe I could scrap my way over 500, but unlikely. Anyway, Arizona State, it wasn't feeling good. You had chances to win the game, turned it over too many times, couldn't stop Arizona when you needed to, aside from the end zone interception. But did you see that press conference from Kenny Dillingham? When was the last time Arizona State hired a coach who clearly and definitively cared that much about having that job. Nothing was right. They were 3-9, and nine, lost to your rival in what was a winnable game, and then you make the hire, and he was really good at the opening press conference. He's got a lot of work to do. Sanctions are coming. Don't know what that's going to be like. The recruiting has completely cratered. The roster has got some solid pieces. And by the way, he gave maybe the greatest quote possible for Arizona State right now. And I know my man Richie Bradshaw at Locked On Sun Devils agrees. He asked a reporter, can you ask me if we're retaining Sean Iguano? Reporter, are you retaining Sean Iguano? Yes, we are retaining Sean Iguano. 
because he respected the job he did as an interim coach. Players played really hard for him. And he's staying on staff. I like that a lot. Everything about that has Arizona State fans feeling good. This is the most crowded, the winner's department. The outright winner's fans in great moods all week long department has been all season here. Unlocked on Pac-12. Half the league is in there. Kind of like how half the league is in the top 25. And will be when the uh, college football playoff rankings come out. USC, Utah, Oregon State, Washington, Arizona, Arizona State. All had fantastic weekends in their own way. And I close it talking about the Huskies. And yes, I didn't think they could do it in one year. But clearly, what we are seeing in college football and college basketball as well is with the transfer portal, you can just rebuild that quickly. It doesn't need to take a year anymore. That's the biggest reason I doubted Washington coming in. It's like, well, it was a mess. You got to rebuild the culture a little bit because things got messy and choppy at the end. You got a couple of roster areas, and I think Washington secondary is definitely not where it's been in previous years. I wasn't a big Penix guy, and Penix, <laughs> man, is that guy good. Man, is that guy good. He's got great receivers. He makes a lot of high-level throws, and Washington is 10-2. and two. You beat your rival who stomped you a season ago, and all the guys who were there for that disastrous 4-8 and eight year get the revenge. That is... Those are some immaculate vibes in that Washington locker room, let me tell you. Go watch Michael Penix's walk-off interview when asked about the game. Guy's a leader, too. So, so impressed with what he's done this year. I mean, just on the field and just his charisma as well, like they buy in. You know, some coaches are just scheme guys or just culture guys or just recruiters, or that's kind of what they do primarily. I look at Kalen DeBoer and his staff, and I say, okay, so the X's and O's, at least on the offensive side of the ball, are are more than good enough, <laughs> right? I mean, their offense is unstoppable. Washington State is a darn good defense. Unstoppable in Pullman. Cold weather, night game, hostile crowd, doesn't matter. Does not matter for the Huskies. But when I listen to these guys talk about the team, the coaches, their teammates, the culture that DeBoer has put in there, man, it's been really, really good. Everyone else was uh, not quite in that sort of mood. Still plenty of teams to get to here on what we you know, can kind of call the college football fan mood tracker here in the Pac-12. But first, this week's thrilling moment in college football is brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be literally any given Caleb Williams play. (laughs) I mean, that guy is just like Russell Wilson when he was good. Russell Wilson stinks now, but running around, avoiding sacks, making throws on the run, can play within the structure of the offense too. But when he breaks the pocket, look out. And Utah will have to rush with discipline and get pressure on him this week if they're going to contain him and stop him from creating more thrilling moments in college football. Brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling new designs feature across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. All right, everybody else. Uh, Only one team in the lean win department, the California Golden Bears. Look, 
you end the year four and eight. Yeah, it's disappointing. But what you showed in the last few weeks is you can play with the best teams in the conference. You can. You gave UCLA a scare. You gave USC a fight. You played Washington tight. Oregon, you lost by 18, but the game was close for, you know, the, the better portion of uh, about a quarter and a half to a half of football. Like, they once again showed that they have more potential than what they realized this season. That gets you a lean win. Uh, no opinion on UCLA. Exactly what I thought against Cal. Slow start, and eventually they've just got more talent and more athletes on offense, and they outscored them 35-28. Colorado, same thing. No opinion. They scored over 20 points against the Utes. That's that's nice, I suppose. But um, now they're looking to hire a head coach. And, boy, Deion Sanders, with, with the influx of coaches and quarterback talent that has made its way out west over the last couple of seasons, Deion Sanders of Colorado, that'd be fun. That would be fun. Lean-lose department this week. Washington State. Uh, still bowl eligible. Still a solid season up in Pullman. First full full one for Jake Dickert. I think they got better as the year went on, and that's a sign of a well-coached team. But you lose a rivalry game. That never feels great. But still, I think Washington State is in a good spot, and I think they're a good football team and could very easily uh, win their bowl game depending on the matchup. Uh, Lean-lose, Stanford. You had a chance to end the year on a high note. You didn't. David Shaw steps down because he's all class. Just a, a quick a quick word on David Shaw. Him stepping down rather than the university forcing him out is exactly on brand for David Shaw because that's the sort of guy he is. And he's a good football coach, but he's an old school guy. And he's at a program that has got strict academic requirements and it's hard to bring players in. They brought in like one transfer this year. Everybody else, a lot more than that. And with NIL and recruiting getting more competitive in the transfer portal, I think he's just decided this is not the place for me anymore. He didn't hold out, make him, uh, make the university fire him and cost him a, a bunch more money and such. No, he did it in the David Shaw way. It's time for me to step aside. This is the right moment. And 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 he gets nothing but love from all the players he coached while, while he was there. Props to David Shaw on a really, really good. Do not forget what Stanford was when he took it over from Harbaugh, kept things rolling for a long time. That was a really, really good program. So uh, Stanford kind of in that lean-lose department. Only outright loser of the week. Well, at least from a team perspective. Oregon. You had a chance to get to the Pac-12 championship game. You had a chance for a 10-2 regular season. You had a chance to beat your rival after you already lost to one of them. I mean, and the way in which you did it feels like if there was a category below the outright losers of the week, Oregon should be in it. And my Pac-12 prime pick should be right there with them. I was sitting at 17 and 22, 0 and 3. Arizona didn't cover by a point. Stanford did not. I, I thought they put up more of a fight in the last game and they just they just couldn't just don't have the bodies for that sort of thing. And uh, and then what was the other one? Oh, yeah, I thought Washington State would win at home, but the Huskies, again, that was a toss-up. Like, the final margin was 18. I think Washington fans and everybody knows that that game was much closer than that. Huskies pulled away late. Really impressive win by by the dogs up there in Pullman. Uh, just wanted to do a little a little recap here. And for some of you, it'll be opportunity number 55 to point out how wrong I was about Washington, which is fine. I fully own up to it. I was wrong. That's a whiff. We all make them. Wasn't all whiffs, though. Uh, so coming into the year, 
I thought Washington would be four and eight. Yeah, nope. That's just a just completely wrong. Completely wrong. They go ten and two. Okay, big whiff. I thought Washington State would be seven and five. They end the year seven and five. I thought Oregon would be ten and two because I thought they would beat Oregon State, which they probably should have, but alas, they did not. So they end the year nine and three. I thought the Beavs would be eight and four because they'd lose that game, but they end the year nine and three. So off by just a game there. Stanford six and six. I thought they could start to figure it out because Shaw is a good coach, but they just don't have the bodies on on defense. I mean, BYU ran for over 300 yards, and that wasn't the only time that happened to the Cardinal this season. Just you know, kind of surprising based on what Stanford used to be and how physical they used to be. They went three and nine, so kind of a kind of a miss there. Uh, Cal, one of three teams whose record I predicted right on the money at four and eight. USC, I, again, am impressed at how quickly that turnaround has happened with Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams at the helm. I thought they'd be good. I thought they'd be 9-3. and three. I said stay away from the 9.5 over-under, but they went over at 11-1. and one. I thought UCLA would go 10-2, and 9-3. Kind of feels like a disappointment because it kind of is. But still a good season for the Bruins. Getting to 10 wins at the end of the year, not a bad thing. I thought Arizona State would be six and six that was if they retained herm edwards and then they didn't and then things went down and such and you know kind of tough to understand what's going on there but again not my best prediction arizona thought they'd be three and nine came out at five and seven under 500 but one game away from bull eligibility mighty impressive for jed fishing company utah i thought they'd be 10 and two they're nine and three Colorado, I thought they'd be 1-11, and and they're 1-11. And, and they even won the only game. That is the only team that I correctly predicted before the season each of their 12 games. I thought their only win would be Cal at home, and their only win was Cal at home. Now, that was probably the easiest one to, to predict of all of them. But overall, again, the big whiff on Washington, I'd say not too bad. If you feel like it was terrible, eh, go ahead. Let me know. But I don't feel like that's that bad. I mean, I'm on the money or within a game on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Not bad. Not not bad. Over 50% better than the Pac-12 prime picks. All that I've got to say. So much more news to cover this week in the Pac-12. I mean... So, so much. My new banner and I, which you can see behind me, will be here with you if you haven't liked and subscribed already. Then you can continue to get all the coverage we got here on our beloved Conference of Champions. Gosh, what a great week it's going to be. Pac-12 Championship game on Friday. USC and Utah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Talk about everything else. Coaches. Oh, my goodness. Didn't even really get into the coaching stuff today. It's all coming this week on the show. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.